Hi everyone, Samir and Samit here and welcome back to our F1 podcast. Today we'll be talking about the 2023 Dutch Grand Prix. And this was certainly a race weekend filled with on both sadness, drama, wet weather and everything. Yeah, I mean, this was probably one of the most chaotic race weekends yeah. of the season. It, yeah. it had everything, like changing weather, changing driver lineups, yeah. changing everything, basically. Yeah, so going on into FP1 then, Max Verstappen will be coming into this weekend looking to match Sebastian Vettel's record of nine wins in a row. And he certainly had the card to do it. And he was certainly looking like he was going to do it in FP1 as he set the fastest time with a time of a 111.852. So looking really quick right off the bat in front of his home fans. Yeah, like Red Bull haven't had a card this dominant probably since 2013, exactly a decade ago. And so Verstappen would be looking to make great use of that to match the decade-long record of Vettel's nine wins in a row. And he could do it in front of his home crowd. And like you said before, he was showing really good pace until the very end when he had like a little bit of a scare right before the um, chicane at the end of the second yeah. DRS straight. He just locked up and went in onto the gravel. So it was pretty, pretty um, small scare for Verstappen, but yeah. nevertheless, it didn't dampen his spirits. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nico Hulkenberg in the Haas had a little bit of an incident as he lost the rear of his Haas just before the banking and went straight into the gravel. Luckily, he didn't hit the wall because the gravel slowed him down, but that beached his Haas, so he had to sit the rest of the session out. Yeah, it was not a good start at all for Nico Hulkenberg, especially at a track that he hasn't even run at because last year he he wasn't racing, so... It was not a good st- idea start for Hulkenberg, and yeah. he needed to build up confidence in at this circuit because Sandvoort is a very technical, old school style track. It's yeah. all the runoff is grass, but also there are barriers, and so it takes a driver quite a while to get used to this type of track. Yeah, Max Verstappen wasn't the only double world champion to go off into the gravel just before the chicane. Fernando Alonso also made that mistake. He locked up and went straight into the gravel. But luckily, he was able to keep his car going and he didn't get stuck in the gravel. But other than that, Fernando Alonso was having a really good session, getting used to his Aston Martin again as he was finished the session P2 just behind Max Verstappen. Yeah, a a lot of drivers were getting caught up by turn 11 and turn 12. Like I guess maybe it was just really slick over there or something, but a lot of drivers were just misjudging the braking and going straight on but speaking of Alonso and Aston Martin his teammate Lance Stroll he was going well for a little bit until he had an issue with his Aston Martin so he had to come back into the pits to get that checked out and Stroll was on a long run sim on a hard on the hard tires and so that wasn't ideal because you need to build up long run data to analyze going into um the race yeah, Esteban Ocon was also having issues with his Alpine. He's saying the car was going on throttle by itself whenever he hit the brakes. So that was a massive concern for him and Alpine were looking into it. Another concern for all the drivers was traffic. Zandvoort is a really small and narrow yeah. track. So there was a lot of traffic everywhere. For example, I think it was Joe Guan Yu that got blocked at the penultimate corner by a Mercedes. And so... 
it can really um affect your lap if there's traffic everywhere but also it can end up in a crash because since the track is so narrow there's nowhere to go and so if you can't hit the brakes quick enough then you will end up in the wall or into another car yeah lewis hamilton was having a very good session he finished the session in p3 but george russell on the other hand wasn't having that good of a session so um mercedes would have to look on george russell's side of the garage but carlos Sainz was sitting out this session because robert schwartzman was in his place for this fp1 session just after the summer break Schwartzman obviously finished down pretty low in P19, but that's what you would expect with someone just getting data. Mm-hmm. So basically, every every um year, F1 teams yeah. are all they all have to have at least two um FP1 runnings with two um drivers as sort of a young like young driver test to sort of get them acclimated into what an F1 practice session is like, basically. So this was one of Ferraris throughout the year. And it was Robert Schwartzman there, one of their reserve drivers. So it was nice to see another face on on a um, practice session on an F1 race weekend. Yeah, so at the end of FP1, then Max Verstappen was quickest ahead of Fernando Alonso, then Lewis Hamilton. Sergio Perez was only down in fourth, four tenths off his teammate. Then Alex Albon once again up there for Williams and Norris in sixth. But it wasn't just Albon up there. Sargent was also up there in P7. Um, although he was two tenths off his teammate, that was still really good from him. Ahead of his fellow rookie Oscar Piastri, then came Yuki Sonoda and then Esteban Ocon in P10. Mm-hmm. So going on into FP2, and FP2 was definitely the turning point in the weekend. Yeah. It started. There was, the major incident was a crash that involved both the Australians, Oscar Piastri and Daniel Ricciardo. At turn three, the steep banking, the steep left-handed bank corner. And so basically, Oscar Piastri first went into the wall after losing the rear. He had to counter-steer, which sent him into the wall at the exit of the banking. And basically, the yellow flag, Ricardo was right behind him, but the yellow flag hadn't come out in time for Ricardo to see it. So when he turned left, he saw Piastri right there. And as he said, it was either hit Piastri or hit the wall. So Ricardo yeah. just left it go, to go straight on, but he didn't have enough time to remove his hand from the wheel. And so the wheel came back and hit his hand as he hit the wall because he went in at a weird angle for the um, front right wheel. And so that jerked the steering wheel back onto his wrist and he couldn't even use his left wrist as he got out yeah. of the car. And what we found out later was that he had broken a metacarpal in his left wrist. And so since that was fractured, he couldn't. He had to sit out the rest of the weekend and for the foreseeable future. So it was announced after that session that Liam Lawson would be making his F1 debut to step yeah. in for the injured Daniel Ricciardo. And it would be a really exciting moment to finally see Liam Lawson making his F1 debut. Yeah, I think Liam Lawson is a very talented young driver we've seen throughout his Formula 3 and Formula 2, as well as Super Formula um, this season. He's a very good driver and definitely deserves a shot in F1, so I'm really happy for him. Yeah, it's like it's really bittersweet because obviously it's yeah. really nice for Lawson to um, be making his F1 debut, but at the same time, just as Ricardo was starting to get back into the groove of things of being a full-time F1 driver, he has a setback. So Ricardo's just really unlucky at the moment. Yeah. 
another driver who's being pretty unlucky after missing out in FP1, Carlos Sainz was getting caught out at the same um, corner as Verstappen and Alonso and having to go straight on into the gravel, but once again just keeping it out. But also, he went off at the gravel at the area where Hulkenberg had his crash, so um, he had to go off into the gravel there, and that was um, a big setback for him as he was looking to gain confidence. Yeah, turn 11 again and the penultimate turn 13 were really causing um, a lot of drivers to like go off. It was causing them a lot of trouble. So it's just so, um, there's such like corners that you can go in thinking you can carry a lot more speed than you actually can because the apex of each corner narrows so quickly. And so drivers really have to, um, they really think you can get a lot of entry speed going into the corner when in reality you can't. So it's like a very deceiving corner. Yeah. Another, um, so then next, McLarens, both the McLarens were looking very good in their cars. Um, Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri, despite Piastri having the crash, he was looking good before. But Lando Norris was looking really good as he, um, topped the session in P1. Yeah, it was really surprising for Lando Norris because it was a really amazing, um, thing to see him up there in obviously p1 like you said and it was showing again mclaren resurging to the top of the table that started in silverstone and slowly been going up and up and up and so it was really nice to see lando norris again up there as well as alex albon who was having another fantastic um day with williams obviously williams is really good in a straight line but now they've been bringing developments that help them through the corners and stuff yeah and so zanvoort with all the high speed corners really suits the williams car yeah um so landon norris he topped the session with a time of 111.3 so about the same time as max verstappen also on the soft tires so it'd be very interesting at qualifying to see what was happening but throughout the session, there was still a lot of traffic, especially for Max Verstappen. He was complaining about traffic as right at the final corner, he had to slow down because of the Haas right there. And he was pretty upset about that. Mm -hmm. Again, more traffic, like slowly when qualifying starts, that turn 13 would get really backed up because all the cars would be waiting, trying to get a gap for their qualifying laps. And so the drivers who are at the front of the queue would reach the drivers at the end of the queue as they were starting their lap while the front drivers were finishing their lap so it just would become all sorts of a mess basically yeah um so then lewis hamilton once again in his mercedes was looking very good this time he was in p4 so he was behind alex albon surprisingly but still very, a very decent session from lewis hamilton trying to extract as much pace as possible from his mercedes so at the end of FP2, then it was Lando Norris who topped the session surprisingly, just two one hundredths ahead of Max Verstappen in P2. Alex Albon was up there in P3 ahead of Hamilton, Sonoda, Gasly, Perez only down in P7, Stroll, Bottas, and Alonso then to complete the top ten. Yep. So now going on to FP3, and it was a, a rainy session, and so that was not ideal conditions for F1 debut. Um, the guy making his F1 debut, Liam Lawson, yeah. and uh, it was not really, um, it was really tricky conditions, it was not ideal, because it wasn't just like slightly drizzling, it was yeah. really wet, it was pouring it down at one point, and so the track was just constantly wet, 
and so it would be a real struggle for Lawson to get up to grips with the Alpha Tauri, yeah. and so it would be really interesting to see how he would do in qualifying. Yeah, so Sergio Perez we saw go straight off into the gravel, and then we also saw a scary incident from one of the Red Bulls at the banking to just losing the back end of their car and um going off into the grass and having to take to that area it was max verstappen's mm -hmm. red bull so luckily he was able to just control his car but a scary moment on the banking on the wet tires too and we also saw an incident from charlotte claire just going straight on into turn one but luckily stopping his car just before he could hit the wall so just a nice use of the escape road yeah both ferrari seem to be coming like like on coming to like the tricky conditions basically they like were coming in too hot into the corner and they just could not get it slowed down yeah. because as soon as they applied the brakes basically the car just slid forward and so it was just awkward playing straight on and yeah. there was nothing they could do and we saw a scary incident for kevin magnuson at the exit of turn three that banged yeah. corner it, it was similar to max verstappen but Kevin Magnussen couldn't save the car and it round it went into the barrier yeah. and it damaged the rear of his house as well as the front left corner. And so that was it for Kevin Magnussen and he couldn't um, finish up in FP3. And since qualifying was predicted to be wet, that wasn't ideal for Magnussen because yeah. he wouldn't be able to experience the wet conditions of the track. Yeah, we also saw Joe Guan Yu lose the car right before the banking at the gravel, and he beached his Alfa Romeo in the gravel so he couldn't get it out. And he had that was really um unfortunate for him. And we saw Esteban Ocon into turn one just go straight on, except he couldn't stop the car like Leclerc, and he went straight into the wall. But luckily, um, I think he was able to get out of it. Yeah, a lot of drivers were getting caught out by yeah. these tricky conditions at turn one and turn 11 and turn 13 but we really it was turn 14 we hadn't seen a lot about until liam lawson on the intermediate tires was going through the banking normally a flat out corner yeah. but this time he just spun as he tried to apply the power and so he went basically he was sitting on the apex backwards and so yeah. that was a really scary moment for lawson but there was no damage done to his car so he would be able to continue yeah Max Verstappen, once again, in the wet, was looking like um what we've seen so far from Max Verstappen in the wet. And he was P1 again this session, three-tenths ahead of the next man in P2. So Verstappen in the wet at his home race, just once again, looking really good. Despite a few incidents where, like, he had to save his car and he went straight into the gravel at the chicane. And But luckily, for the most part, he was just the same Max Verstappen that we've seen. Yeah. So now, go at the end of FP3, it was Max Verstappen P1 with George Russell P2, but Russell was three tenths away from Max Verstappen, and Sergio Perez was yeah. a full second away from his teammate in third place, and then came Fernando Alonso in fourth, followed by Lewis Hamilton, and then Alex Albon, another really impressive yeah. result, sixth in the Williams in FP3. Then came Oscar Piastri seventh, Valtteri Bottas eighth, then Charles Leclerc and Lando Norris rounding out the top ten. Yeah, so now moving on into qualifying and qualifying what we saw early on in the session, Oscar Piastri getting caught out with some traffic with one of the Ferraris of Carlos Sainz. 
So is Oscar Piastri not happy about that just before the first banking signs are squeezed um Piastri into the curb and almost like just didn't check to see if there was a car there and Piastri was not happy about that. Yeah, it was really hard for drivers to see um in these small wing mirrors in the heavy spray and so Sainz was exiting the pit yeah. lane and Piastri was like right next to him and so Sainz really couldn't see. I think Piastri was in his blind spot effectively because yeah. in F1 cars you can't turn your head to check your blind spot like in road cars yeah. and so P- Sainz just didn't see Piastri but obviously Piastri wouldn't know about that so it was yeah. just really kind of an unfortunate placement and timing between both cars in my opinion. Yeah, we also saw a scary moment from Joe Guan Yu just as he was putting the power down to um finish his lap at the banking. He had a um slap of oversteer and luckily he was able to counter it and continue on to finish his lap. But he certainly lost out, lost a lot of time throughout that section because as he crossed the line, he only went up into P15. So he was the driver at risk and drivers finishing their laps like Bottas could not improve. He was out of qualifying, but Leclerc was going really quick. And as he finished his um lap, he went up only into P14. So he lost a lot of time in the final sector. And he um just went up to P14, but that would be safe. So the driver, and we saw Lewis Hamilton too, just as he was looking to end his lap, just get caught out by a bunch of traffic right at the final corner. So Hamilton was not um too pleased with Fernando Alonso because Alonso was the car in front that impeded him massively. Yeah, again, the traffic building up at turns 13 and 14. It was just really unfortunate yeah. for Hamilton to be caught up behind Alonso and all these other cars. And like you said before, Leclerc was flying through the first and second sectors. Yeah. But the third sector and the slow speed corners, he was really losing out yeah. a lot of time. So Leclerc was struggling that and he needed to find something if he wanted to get into Q2 yeah. or into Q3. Yeah, so the five we lost from Q1 were... Drogon Yu 16th, then Ocon 17th, Magnussen 18th, Bottas 19th, and then not surprisingly, Liam Lawson in P20, 1.3 seconds off the pace. But given that he only had one um, free practice session's worth of running, that um, still we shouldn't be too quick to judge about his performance. Yeah, exactly. It was unfortunate circumstances that that FP3 session had to be... um, yeah, uh, rainy like that, so Lawson couldn't fully understand the car. But nevertheless, I think he did a good job. Yeah. So going into FP or into Q2, then it was looking a lot sunnier, and it was intermediate conditions, and so we saw a driver, all the drivers, fit the intermediate tires, and as they were looking to complete their final laps. Currently, it was Piastri in P1 ahead of Albon, then Russell and Verstappen. So the grid was definitely um, mixed up. But uh, as the track started drying, the time started increase, uh, getting smaller and smaller. And Leclerc um, had a very fast first sector, personal best middle and last sector. But it was only good enough for P3. He couldn't beat Albon or Piastri. And there were a lot of drivers looking to complete their laps too, such as Hulkenberg, Sonoda and Gasly. And as Hulkenberg crossed the line, he went up into P10 and pushed Logan Sargent out of qualifying. But Sargent was still on a lap, so he had the chance to improve. Then came Yuki Sonoda to cross the line. He went up to P10, so Hulkenberg was out of qualifying. Just as Max Verstappen, by five tenths of a second, cleared the field and went up into P1. So that was a really good effort from Max Verstappen. 
Then came Pierre Gasly to cross the line in P9. He went up into P9 and pushed um, Yuki Sonoda out of qualifying. And there were next there were drivers behind like Sainz, Norris and Sargent looking to complete their times. As Sainz crossed the line, he went up into P8. A very good lap from him, but still, um, still he might be at risk as there were drivers behind. And Norris went up to P7, so he was safely through. Then came um, one of the Mercedes to finish their laps. And Lewis Hamilton was surprisingly out of qualifying, only down in P12, so not a good lap from him at all. And then came Logan Sargent, who was down in 15th by this point, to try to pull a lap, lap out of um, his sleeve. And Logan Sargent went up into P10, so the, for the first time in his career, Sargent got into Q3, and that was a really good effort from him. Yeah, Sargent had a really good lap, like... He pulled that one straight out when he needed to, and it was yeah. finally a good result for once for Logan Sargent, and it would be exciting to see what he could do into Q3. And yeah. Q going into Q3 now, it was finally dry enough for the um for the dry compound of tires, yeah. and so drivers were able to use that in the early parts, and so we saw the two Williams complete their first laps, and so as they were getting onto the second laps, as as Leclerc was starting his first lap. We saw a yellow flag in sector one, and it was the Williams of Logan Sargent. So that was really disappointing from Sargent. Just as we thought he could finally do something, yeah. he ended up putting it into the wall at turn two. And so yeah. it was really unfortunate for the young American. But nevertheless, he would be starting in the top ten. So it would be exciting to see what he could do. Yeah, I mean, he just like just went into a fast right-hander too quickly. Um, got a, a dollop of oversteer and then couldn't counter it in time and just went straight into the gravel. But luckily he was okay despite it being a, a very high-speed incident. Yeah, but nevertheless they were able to get that red flag sorted out and in no time yeah. at all the drivers were able to get back onto the track for their um, second runs. And, and the two McLarens were really on the pace as Lando Norris was re flying and set the fastest yeah. time, and Oscar Piastri, who blitzed the first sector, was able to put it onto the front row. And surprisingly, Max Verstappen, when he completed his lap, it was only third fastest for the reigning yeah. double world champion. And so that was un highly unusual from Fernando or from Max Verstappen. And right when we saw that, Fernando Alonso yeah. was absolutely flying in his Aston Martin. Through the um, first sector, he went purple, and the middle sector, he it was his personal best. But then the yellow flag came out in sector two, and it was the Ferrari of Charles Leclerc yeah. who found the barrier. Uh, I think it was turn nine. Leclerc found the barrier at the exit of turn nine, yeah. and he just basically understeered straight into the barrier. And it was really disappointing from Leclerc, who yeah. had kind of been struggling all weekend. Yeah. So he was obviously not happy about that at all as he was on a pretty decent lap before he just understeered into the wall. So obviously that meant that Alonso couldn't improve his time and no one else could improve his time. So Alonso was still there down in P9 by the time the final set of runs came and Max Verstappen had one more chance to make it another pole position at his home race and immediately he made incredible use of it as just by the end of the first sector he was 7 tenths of up on Lando Norris, seven tenths up just in the first sector. So Max Verstappen was just on another level at this lap. 
but Oscar Piastri behind was also improving too, but so was Lando Norris as he went up eight tenths clear of um in max of his previous time just in the far sector alone so drivers were just looking to improve their times as much as possible yeah and so verstappen was absolutely flying through the first sector and the middle sector and so when the checkered flag fell and he came across the line he had improved by a whopping one and a half seconds on lando norris's time and so verstappen um went pushed himself into effectively another league of his own yeah. and so next up we saw the two mclarens to see if they could challenge for pole position or possibly the front row piastri crossed the line piastri couldn't do anything it was only a three tenths improvement yeah. from the australian and next up we, they looked to lando norris to see what norris could do and he went only on onto the front row it was, he improved by almost a second but nevertheless, it would be Verstappen on pole position as Sergio Perez slotted into P3 in the second Red Bull. And so that was nice from Sergio Perez. But then right when we Red Bull thought they could celebrate a 1-3, and three, the old line roared once again. And it was Fernando Alonso who put his Aston Martin provisionally onto P3 until... Again, just when we thought things couldn't change anymore, mm, the yeah. Williams of Alexander Albon put his car onto the second row in third place. And we thought, Williams thought they could celebrate a third place, but no, George Russell in his Mercedes, who had kind of been struggling all weekend, finally put his um car onto the second row. And it was a really great lap from George Russell as well yeah. as Alexander Albon. And so it was nevertheless fourth for Williams, and that had dropped Sergio Perez and Oscar Piastri all the way down to seventh and eighth, respectively. So it wasn't good for Perez, especially in that Red Bull, to be outqualified from Alex Albon. Yeah. That was really, really disappointing from Perez. Yeah. So the top ten for qualifying were Verstappen, Norris, Russell, Albon, Alonso, Sainz, Perez. Piastri, Leclerc, and Sargent in P10. So yeah. now Perez getting uh, Perez getting out qualified by Verstappen by yeah. over a second. At the, like Red Bull can't keep making excuses to keep him at this point. Like yeah. he does really well in the race, but in qualifying pace, this could really affect um them one day if their car isn't as competitive as this year. Perez would really be struggling. Yeah. So now moving on into the main Dutch Grand Prix and it was looking like there was going to be wet weather on the way just through the formation lap we could hear Bottas talk about how he wanted to switch to inters but Alpha just left him out there for now just for the start and at lights out we saw a great start from Lando Norris who looked like he was going to challenge Verstappen but Verstappen cut across him immediately and so um, farther back we saw lockups from Perez and locks up, lockups from Sargent behind. But it was um, uh, Verstappen who led from Norris. Then Albon was challenging George Russell um, towards the banking section. But Russell just stayed ahead. And Alonso was looking like he was being put under pressure from Carlos Sainz. But through the banking, it was um, Verstappen from Norris. And then Alonso just sent it to the inside of Albon and Russell taking the low line through the banking. And he picked up two places at once. So that was really good from him. It wasn't good at all for Logan Sargent, who was dropping back early on in the races, just as we have seen so far throughout this season, and especially in Formula 2, Sargent not getting good starts at all. 
Yeah, Sergeant. Speaking of Formula Two, Sergeant struggled here. He just went straight on into turn yeah. one last year in F two. But going back to the F one action this year, as they approached the fast section of Zandvoort in the first sector, we saw Sergio yeah. Perez trying to make a move on the Ferrari of Carlos Sainz, but he couldn't do it. But then Sainz went round the outside of Alex Albon, yeah. and he made that stick into turn eight and turn nine. But then Albon came back at him into turn nine, and it was a yeah. really good wheel-to-wheel battle between the Williams and the Ferrari. And through turn ten, we saw Sergio Perez trying to go up the inside of Carlos yeah. Sainz, and so it was a good wheel-to-wheel battle through turn ten and down through turn eleven into sector three. But just as we thought the opening lap couldn't get any more hectic, rain started falling yeah. extremely hard through sector three and so it was a skating rink for the drivers as they were struggling as they were on dry compounds in wet conditions and so this threw the strategy for the teams in basically they threw that book into the trash and they had to make something of their own as we saw all sorts of action into the pit lane Sergio Perez was the first one to come in followed by the um Ferrari of Charles Leclerc And the difference between Red Bull and Ferrari here was that Red Bull put their tires on in 2 seconds and Leclerc got his tires in 16 seconds. Yeah. So that just shows the difference between the um, confidence and strategy between both teams. And obviously Zandvoort was a, is a really small pit lane and so there was a lot of like traffic in the pit lane. So it was yeah. almost kind of dangerous but at the same time it really wasn't. Yeah, we also saw a lot of other drivers come into the pit, such as Joel, Gasly, Leclerc, Sonoda, and Lawson, and Magnussen. So there was a lot of double stacking from teams. And this also really brought back Kevin Magnussen into play again after having to start from the pit lane. Kevin Magnussen was now certainly back in the race. But on lap two, then we saw a lot of the other drivers come into the pits, like Verstappen, Alonso, or Norris stayed out. And so did George Russell as well. So some drivers came in and some drivers stayed out. Alex Albon in the Williams stayed out. But into turn one on lap three, we saw George Russell send it to the inside of Norris at turn one. The two friends fighting for the lead of the Grand Prix. And it was George Russell who took the lead. But throughout that lap then, later on we saw Sergio Perez charging his way through the field on the intermediate tires. He was just miles quicker than anybody else. And he easily got past Norris. And then easily got past George Russell. Yeah, Perez was into the flying lead. on his intermediate tires. It was absolutely insane to watch because obviously the others were struggling on their dry compound of tires. But actually, Fernando Alonso really wasn't struggling on his soft co- yeah. soft compound of tires because basically we saw this was a really good move that has me smiling every time I see it. Alonso on lap two, he went right around the outside of Lando Norris. At turn four, and so that was a really fun move to watch. As every time I see it, it's absolutely amazing because it's Alonso on his soft tires in the wet conditions around the outside of Sandvoort. That just shows exactly how good he is in Formula One. Yeah, on lap six, now it was looking at. Um, Max Verstappen was putting pressure on Pierre Gasly and to the at banking section Verstappen with the low line and he went past Pierre Gasly and up into P3 chasing down now Zhou Guan Yu who was in P2 and his teammate who was in P1 so on to lap 7 then Max Verstappen um, made a copycat move like he did to Pierre Gasly and he passed Zhou Guan Yu and went up into P2 now 10 seconds he had to um gap 
to his teammate Sergio Perez, so now the fight was on for the lead. And it wasn't until lap 11 till Aston Martin finally brought Fernando Alonso in again and they switched him from the intermediate tires to the soft tires. So now it was certainly dry enough mm-hmm. for the drivers to switch back. Yeah, and also on lap, lap 12, um, Charles Leclerc came in and they fi- Ferrari could finally replace some front wing damage that Leclerc picked yeah. up on lap one. So it was again another slow stop for Leclerc, but this time it needed to be slow. But it was yeah. just, again, Leclerc's weekend was getting worse and worse because, as we soon would later find out, he would be struggling. But also on lap 12, um, Verstappen had pitted for um soft tires. But that was interesting from Red Bull because Perez was the one leading the race. And so normally the driver yeah. leading would get the preferential strategy. But as it turned out, the inter um the undercut from so- intermediate to soft was the way to go because yeah. on lap 13 when Perez finally pitted they found out that um Perez would not keep the lead and Verstappen would inherit the lead by quite some distance and so that was just really like really kind of cheeky from Red Bull almost to like put Verstappen into the lead yeah I think they did that on purpose they definitely did yeah yeah, so moving on to lap 16, it was a yellow flag, and once again, a man who's known for bringing out yellow flags this season, Logan Sargent, found the barrier again. This time, though, I don't think it was his fault. If you look at his onboard, he hit the curb normally, like to take the normal racing line, but then the car just wouldn't turn, and in a later report after the race, it was found out that Sargent lost his hydraulics, all the hydraulics in his car, so his power steering was gone and everything, so he could just couldn't turn the car anymore. So I don't think that crash was his fault. Yeah, turn eight is a really high-speed corner, and so you need power steering basically to... In, in any F1 car, you yeah. need power steering to keep the speed at at um high-speed corners with the level of downforce F1 cars have. Yeah. And so Sargent, with, with the sudden loss of power steering, he just could not keep the wheel turned right. And so it, it um, inevitably just went straight, and he couldn't do anything about it. He couldn't even correct the car because it was so hard to turn. And so yeah. brakes were gone and everything um, because hydraulics control a lot of the cars like brakes and high um power steering and so effectively the whole car shut down and then it actually shut down when it hit the wall yeah so now with that brought out the safety car and by lap 22 it was time for green flag racing again and it was a very interesting restart to see at whether um sergio perez could pass his teammate but once again max verstappen had a really good restart and it was actually alonso who was looking like he was going to challenge perez and gasly who was being put under pressure from carlos Sainz, but Sainz just stayed back on pierre gasly and alonso was getting close to sergio perez but not close enough and uh, nine laps later on lap 31 then verstappen reported to his team that there were darker clouds coming in so there was looked like there was going to be more rain on the way and just as he said that we saw a nice move from yuki sonoda getting past drogon yu into turn one and that was a very good move from sonoda who could now close up to the car in front of him of esteban Ocon in the alpine to see if he could score points today mm-hmm. on the very next lap we saw lando norris making a nice move on drogon yu around yeah. the outside at turn one and around the outside is the way to do it at Zandvoort because these cambered corners just allow the ra- optimal racing yeah. line to be on the outside rather than the inside. And so we saw a lot of good overtakes around the outside like Lando Norris's. 
Yeah, on lap 49, Alonso was called into the pits to put on another set of soft tires, and that was when Verstappen was also called in. On lap 52, we saw Alonso making a move on Carlos Sainz. This was for the podium spot, and Alonso went to the inside of Carlos Sainz, and he claimed a podium position just ahead of his fellow Spaniard, and he went up into P3, and now he, he was trying to see if he could catch after Sergio Perez. Yep. Going on to lap 55, though, Yuki Tsunoda had been left out on his soft tires for quite yeah. some time. I think it was like 30 laps or something. So he was struggling come lap 55. And yeah. so the first one to take him really easily was Lando Norris. And Tsunoda was just really struggling. And I think it was a poor strategy call from Alpha Tari to leave yeah. Tsunoda on those tires for that long. Because he eventually just got eaten up. I think they were hoping for a safety car that would um, ho- um that would allow him to basically get a free pit stop, but that never came, and so Sonoda's race just became disastrous. Yeah, on lap 60, we saw Pierre Gasly trying to make a move past Carlos Sainz to move up into P4, and he did it brilliantly around the outside, and Gasly went up into P4 um, to now try and chase after Fernando Alonso for the final podium spot. But then on lap 62, the rain started coming down again and Verstappen came into the pit lane to pit but that was um, pretty late because drivers behind him had already pit but Verstappen was 24 seconds in the lead so I don't think he had to worry about anything but on lap 63 then we saw a yellow flag because um, Sergio Perez had gone straight on into turn one and by this point the rain was falling really heavily throwing it down at this point it was absolutely torrential conditions and so the intermediate tires wouldn't even clear the amount of water the drivers had to go on to the um wet weather tires and again on lap 63 we saw yuki sonoda go straight on into the gravel at turn one but he was able to keep the car straight but the guy who wasn't able to keep his car on the road was valtteri bottas in the alfa romeo he just went straight on or it was Joe Guan Yu actually who went straight yeah. on into turn one. And so it was just really unfortunate from Joe Guan Yu. Just applied the brakes and just absolutely aquaplane down the um straight. And so that couldn't do it. They, he couldn't do anything about that. And so they had to bring out a red flag. But what was interesting was that Sergio Perez had pitted during that red flag. And so he was actually trundling down the pit lane when the red flag came out. And so basically, it was really unfortunate for Sergio Perez, who couldn't, um, who had to unlap himself come the end of the safety car. Yeah. So by lap the red flag. Yeah, by lap sixty-six, then it was time for the restart to just finally to close this race out. And Verstappen was being put under pressure from Fernando Alonso into turn one, but Verstappen just stayed ahead. But Alonso was looking really feisty and trying to get his first win in forever. But um, he just had to hold back on Verstappen, and he was doing a very good job staying within a second of Max Verstappen, but he just couldn't get past Verstappen. But on that lap, we saw Lando Norris and George Russell um, squabbling for position, and Norris just tried to get past um, Russell on the outside, but um, Russell just tapped Norris, and he had a he caught, um, that caused him to have a puncture. So Nor- um, Russell just dropped to the back of the field, and that was his race done and dusted but yeah. m- meanwhile max was happening we're just flying out in front come the checkered flag he was 
3.7 seconds ahead of Fernando Alonso and he comfortably crossed the line to win his ninth Grand Prix in a row and tie the all-time record of nine wins in a row and he won for the third time at his home venue and Max Verstappen won the Dutch Grand Prix from Fernando Alonso who returned to the podium ahead of Sergio Perez who picked up a five-second time penalty which dropped him down below and it was Pierre Gasly who um, took his first podium for Alpine as he came home in P3 and that was a very welcome podium for a struggling Alpine team and that was a very good Dutch Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Yuki Sonoda also he was like P13 um, or something but he had a five second penalty for causing a collision and so that dropped him down to um, 16th and Liam Lawson had finished 13th so that was a really good result from Lawson. Yeah. So overall, just a very wet weather um, Dutch Grand Prix and a very entertaining Dutch Grand Prix to kickstart Formula One after the summer break. But thank you guys for listening to this episode of our podcast. And be sure to join us next time as we take a look at the 2023 Italian Grand Prix at the Temple of Speed. Thank you.